Uh, tonight we'll be going through Galatians 1, 18-24. So if you turn in your Bibles to the book of Galatians, we'll begin in a minute. But quickly, if we remember, Paul is writing this letter to the Galatian churches. The churches that we were located in the province of Galatia. So these people were actually Gaelic-speaking Celtic people. And we know this area they lived in to now be modern-day Turkey. It gives you a little bit of context of, of where they are now and the kind of people that he was writing to. And he's writing to them because they have strayed from the true gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus' death on the cross to cover the penalty of their sins and his resurrection. And they have gone away from that toward another gospel, Paul calls it. Adding things to the truth of the cross of Christ. Paul has stated that the truth that he is speaking of about when Jesus has done is the true gospel. And then he proceeds to defend that statement by showing them a little bit of his life story. Right? So last week we saw Paul speak about how before he came to know Jesus personally, he was wrapped up in all the things that pertained to Judaism. And that he was so consumed with it that he was violently opposed to the true things of God and how that pertained to Christianity and Christ. But God, at the right time, had saved him, right? That even in his sinfulness against Christ, God had set Paul apart from birth to know him and to be the one to preach salvation to others, specifically the Gentile people. And these people in the province of Galatia were Gentiles, right? So as we move forward, we will see Paul continue on defending the gospel and his ability to preach it as an apostle, right? So first... We saw him do it by showing how undeserving he was to receive it, right? And, and now we'll see him continue to speak about his life after conversion. Let's go back a couple verses and start in Galatians chapter 1, verses 15 through 17, so we can have a little bit of context where we start. It says, verse 15, But when he, Jesus, who had set me apart before I was born, and who called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his Son to me, in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately consult with anyone, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went away into Arabia and returned again to Damascus. So as we saw last week, Paul, after Paul had encountered Jesus, he immediately went away and did not have any outside influence against the things that had now changed his life. And he didn't go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before him because of the nature of his call from Jesus. He didn't need the approval of the other apostles. Right? He didn't need them to confirm his call from the Lord. He went away to Arabia and then returned again to Damascus, which, which if we want to have some context, that is the capital of Syria today, which we know where that is. But he went away to Damascus. So now let's read in Galatians chapter 1, verses 18 through 19. Okay? 18 says, Then, after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to visit Cephas, who is Peter, by the way, and remained with him 15 days. Verse 19, but I saw none of them, the other apostles, except James, the Lord's brother. So three years have gone by since the time of Paul's conversion. And it's important to understand that during this time, Paul was not idle, right? He didn't just sit around and do nothing. He was preaching the gospel in the synagogues, which was upsetting the Jewish leaders where he was doing that, right? They, they, were, they were so upset by his preaching, Jesus, that they were plotting to kill him. Right? He needed to escape the enemies he was making because of this, because of his conversion, because of his preaching of the gospel. So about three years are going by while this is all happening. But now Paul leaves Damascus and goes to Jerusalem. And Paul is 
been stressing that none of the apostles were in touch with him in order to impart the gospel to him, right? Either before, during, or immediately after his conversion. He didn't need the disciples to commission him to go and preach the gospel. Jesus had already done that. Which is why Paul had been so bold in proclaiming Jesus right after his conversion in Damascus in Arabia. And so he's stressing the fact that in addition to that, a good amount of time has passed before he even met with one of the disciples of Jesus in Jerusalem. He went with Peter and James, right? But let's look at the reality of Paul's situation. Okay, Paul's coming to know and follow, coming to know and follow Jesus Christ had caused him to become an enemy against the things he had grown up studying and believing, against the Jewish religious leaders. Paul had gone from being this beloved Pharisee, right, from someone who was respected and honored by Jewish people to someone who was being hunted in order to be killed for preaching Christ. He's also someone who was known by Christian communities as someone who in the past had been trying to destroy the things of Jesus. Known as someone who had the same mentality, right, as the ones who put Jesus to death on the cross. This is what Paul had believed before. So where does Paul belong? He's an enemy to the Jewish traditions. And he's been an enemy against the church of Christ. But this, but this doesn't worry Paul. He's bold about his life in Christ now because there has been this amazing transformation in Paul in knowing Jesus. And this is something that can't be passed over or, or, or looked over, right? So now Paul meets with Peter and James, though. And he didn't meet with them for longer than 15 days, okay? He was there to get acquainted with them, to get to know them a little. The context of Galatians in this portion can be understood that Paul was there to sort of tell his story to them, right? And Peter would tell his story as well, having been with Jesus. They were there with each other to encourage one another, not for Peter to give Paul the permission to continue to preach. Peter trusted the encounter Paul had with Jesus on the road to Damascus. And Paul was not insecure about being with one of Jesus' disciples because they had been with Jesus, literally, as he was there in doing his ministry. He wasn't intimidated by this. Instead, he was encouraged. So let's begin again in verses 18 through 19, now knowing some of that context, right? Verse 18 says, Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to visit Cephas, and remained with him 15 days, verse 19. But I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. Then we get to verse 20, and Paul says this, And what I am writing to you before God, I do not lie. Paul gives this sort of oath, that before God, he is not lying about the things he's saying. He's, he solemnly affirms, with an appeal to God's presence and omniscience, that what he is saying is true. And in context to what we'll see later in the book of Galatians, Paul is affirming this to answer any specific charge that he had been misrepresenting his relationship to the twelve disciples. Because there had been people accusing Paul of that, having the wrong motivation, being shifty about the things he's been doing, right? This sort of mistrust of him, right? Now seeing that he has become a disciple himself. But in affirming these things before God, Paul's also showing his awareness of the presence of God in everything he says, in everything he thinks, and in everything he does. 
we see him say the same types of things in many parts of other letters that he's written to other churches throughout the New Testament. He's been consumed with Christ. And Paul is one of the most amazing stories of a changed heart. And so we will see this more as we continue to read. Okay, so let's get to verses 21 through 24. Okay, verse 21 says, Then I went into the regions of Syria and Cilicia, and I was still unknown in person to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They only were hearing it said, He used to persecute us, is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. Verse 24, And they glorified God because of me. So here's part of Paul's journey as he continues on with his story. Paul states here that he went to the, to Syria and Cilicia, right? So if we look at the book of Acts, we, we, we see Paul actually going first to Cilicia and then Syria. And I, I think it's important to pause here and, and, and notice this for a second, right? Because I'm speaking about this for anyone who might try and say there's some sort of rift in any sequence of events, and try to use that as some kind of way to disprove the Bible, right? Because, you know, they, they, they might do that. They'll say, oh, let's look at the book of Acts. He actually, actually went to here first and then here. But here in, in verses 21 and 22, 23 and 24, he talks about his journey, and he actually said he went to Syria first and then Cilicia. This is where context is really important, Right? Because the chronology is not the main concern here, right? So my wife, Jillian, has been to Bulgaria and Costa Rica, right? And if she were to tell someone that she had visited these places, but didn't think to mention the order, would that matter to us? Here's the point I'm making, that in the book of Acts, where we read when Paul had gone to these places, the person who wrote it, the person, Luke, was a historian, right? And he's making the point of that chronology for historical purposes. Paul is not trying to give a play-by-play account of his experience in a historical sense. Okay, And this is why context is important. This is why motivation for the writer is important. Because if we look in the book of Acts, we see the chronology is important to understand where Paul had come from. In Paul's uh, address to these Galatian churches now, the chronology is not the main point here. He's saying, I went to these places. Instead, in mentioning where he had gone, Syria, Cilicia, he's showing that during this next period of his life, he had worked not in the direct area of Jerusalem, in Judea, where someone would think he should have worked under the authority of the other apostles after his conversion, but that he was actually far away from this area, that area where he was his own authority. He's saying, I wasn't over here in Jerusalem where, I, where somebody thought I should be, okay? Being a new conver- conversion of, of Christianity. Instead, I went way over here. This is where I was instead. This is where I had to go. And because of that, I had to be my own authority in the things of God. So that's why context is important. And this is why somebody looking at these two things, if they're lining them up like, they, like that, they're not looking at it in the right way. Okay? So he went there and had to be his own authority because it was necessary due to the circumstances of different people who were against him, right? Because there was another plot against Paul's life. And the Lord had appeared to him and told him to leave the area quickly. 
So we can take the book of Acts and we can take the book of Galatians and we can put them together to understand the full story, yes. But we understand that Paul's intention to write into the Galatians is not to give a, a, an, an exact thing that happened to him, exact story of what happened to him, like the book of Acts. But so, so that's where we see this plot against Paul's life was in the book of Acts. The Lord had appeared to him, like I said, and told him to leave that area, right? And, 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 and where he'd been going, God was sending him to preach to the Gentiles, right? And so we see God orchestrate Paul's circumstance to work out in such a way that he would eventually be preaching to the group of people that Jesus had told him he would be preaching to when he saw him on the road to Damascus, Okay? So Paul goes to the regions of Syria and Cilicia. He says, and by the way, Cilicia is, is where Paul's hometown of Tarsus is located. So if you hear Paul of Tarsus, that's the context we can understand. As we could see in the book of Acts where his story takes place. But let's keep moving on in, in, uh, on in Galatians uh, 1, verse 22 to 24. Let's read that again. It says, And I was still unknown in person to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. The only uh, they were only hearing it said, He who used to persecute us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. Verse 24, And they glorified God because of me. So Paul is saying that though he had not visited Jerusalem since the first time he had come during those 15 days to see Peter and James, as a result of where he was working before, he was personally not known to the Christians who lived in the Judean area. When we think of Paul now, we see him as this you know, prolific and amazing person who, who God used to write much of the New Testament. Right? It's important to see Paul's beginning here as a new believer in Christ. Paul could have been an instant celebrity after conversion if he wanted to be. But instead, he worked for a long period of time in relative obscurity. Okay? His quote-unquote famed work as a missionary for the Lord had started later on. And his humility in not needing that attention showed an authenticity to his call from the Lord. The message wasn't Paul, but Christ. So Paul was unknown among the Christians, meaning they had, had no context of what he looked like, right, or who he was. And the only thing they were hearing was, well, he used to persecute us, is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy and it's important that we understand that Christians had heard of Paul's conversion at the time it happened. Okay, They didn't just find out about this later. They heard about it. But then, as we just heard from Paul, he sort of dropped off the map afterwards. So much so that he was almost forgotten about. And Paul was content to be unknown. The one report about him that had gone, gotten through was the, that the man who once tried to destroy the faith was now be, had become a believer of it. And they glorified God because of it. Here's a supreme example of the power of God. Paul is not jealous of those who were apostles before him. And the Christian church is not outraged by Paul's conversion. Paul's example of coming to know Jesus is the reason to preach the gospel. That a person so undeserving of it might become not only a child of God, but one of the most influential missionaries of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the response to that should always be to glorify God. That when we see someone so seemingly out of God's reach to come to know the Lord, we should marvel at the grace of God and glorify Him for that grace. And I think 
this is a harder thing to come to grips with than we think. We think of our enemies and the people we disagree with as people who would never, we would never want to communicate with them, with them, right? Even if they had come to know Jesus, maybe. Let's stop and think about that for a second. If we're honest, would we accept someone who had done terrible things into the church if he or she had come to know Christ? I've struggled with this, okay? Because I think, what if they had done something to my family? What if they were these terrible things that they had done? If we could think of the worst person. But they had come to know Jesus suddenly, and there was repentance, sure. As a church, as, 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 as people who know the Lord, are we the kind of people who would be accepting of that, of them? And I think this stems from two different things. One is we don't understand, if we're not willing, how much we need Jesus ourselves. I think that, I think that if we had truly understand, if we truly understand day by day our desperation to need that you know, grace of God, then we can relate it to other people in knowing that they need it too. And the second thing is, I think it takes forgiveness. The only kind of forgiveness that Christ can do through you. I know for me, even loving my neighbor, my actual neighbor is difficult sometimes. And it only has to do with this inconsideration I feel from them, right? That they're inconsiderate about things. And, oh, I don't, want to, I don't want to love them the way I should, right? But I want to be like Paul, so wrapped up in Christ, that I am so aware of the presence of Jesus that it can't help be shown in everything I think, in everything I say, in everything I do. That the grace of God is so much a part of who I am. That he and he alone is seen in me. Not me, but Jesus. That someone can have an experience seeing you, for instance, as a Christian. And hearing about Jesus. And as they walk away, they can't even remember what you looked like. Except that they remember Jesus in that conversation. And and this is for everybody, right? Because Paul is not preaching to non-Christians here, is he? I'm talking about in every circumstance in life. We go to church, youth group. We talk to one another. What are the things that we take away from those conversations? Right? Paul is speaking to the Galatian churches. He's speaking to, to once professing Christ believers. We cannot preach the gospel of the grace of Christ if we are not aware of our need for him, even after conversion. Paul knew it. It's, the, it's like the theme of his life, okay? It seems to come out in everything he writes. So as we continue to go through Paul's story, through the book of Galatians, and as we watch his encouragements to these churches from the truth of the gospel of Jesus, we get a fuller picture of who Paul is, right? Of this undeserved reality and salvation being given to him. And, that, and how the Galatian churches can relate to it. And as we read it now, how we can as well.